Welcome, welcome everyone to the On The Mark Unedited Podcast, where we are taking you on an unedited journey to living your life on the mark. What does that mean, Gio, living your life on the mark? Tell them. Oh yeah, I'll tell you all right. It means living (laughs) your life with integrity, living your life to the point where you can aim, focus on what you want to do and where you want to be, and just do it authentically. And when you're living your life on the mark, the whole premise is being who you're meant to be when you get to where you're going. Because if you're not who you're meant to be when you get to where you're going, it doesn't really fucking matter that you got there. Exactly. And the only way you get there is by being on the mark. And of course, in order to be on the mark, you've got to be unedited. So live your life without editing your truth. And today's episode is sexual revelations Mm, what do you mean by that Nita? well when i think of the words revelations the first thing i think of is the bible because the book obviously the book of revelations the apocalypse sexual revelations are basically is it's your sexual proclamation what are you proclaiming about your sexuality what do you define yourself to be through your sexuality do you define yourself and limit yourself to your definition of yourself through your sexuality that's what this episode is all about so uh, we're going to start with talking about the development oh. of sexuality since the dawning of time yeah. since man can hope <laughs> well i'm going to i'm going to be frank what what perpetuated my thought processes on doing something, a sex episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the idea that I wanted to talk about lust and sex and be sexy because sex sells, blah, blah, It was really because I was talking with my daughters about the whole R. Kelly thing and his, wow. like, deviance, his sexual deviance. And so it got me to thinking, like, when girls are victimized, you know, at some point there is a rite of passage for every human being where we have the opportunity Although we are faced with challenges and tragedies, we have the opportunity to proclaim our beingness, proclaim mm. our stance. And that relates to sexuality, a very normal, functional, healthy mm-hmm. part of humanity. Um, it, it's, it, it relates to that as it does to anything else. So wherein you are proclaiming yourself, you are directing yourself, you are owning yourself, you have a sense of clarity. And with that clarity, you attract, you know, based on what that, that signal is sending out. Um, what I found interesting about the whole R. Kelly thing is that for myself, um, you know, just speaking from my own perspective, I was victimized as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a babysitter when I was just five years old. When I was um, five years old, also my mother got married to someone who for six years molested me. Mm. Um, and when it was discovered that he was molesting me, I was the one that got blamed for that. And wow. that defined yeah. a lot for me. It filtered a lot for me in the formation of my sexuality and myself as a sexual being, uh, there was a lot of guilt and trauma attached to that. I was raped when I was 14 on my 14th birthday, and I was raped when I was 16 years old. Mm. That being the case, I think for me, this episode was really important because I find it really, what's the word I'm looking for here? I find it really shameful that in a society that allows so much victimization to happen, I can't believe this fucking guy is not in jail, R. Kelly, in a society where so much victimization is allowed, we also crush the victim. Yes, I agree 100%. And it's really bad for people who do go for do those things. Yep. Because now you're taking the victim and they start to become hardened because mm-hmm. there is no one to say, hey, listen, I understand. Hey, listen, this happened to me. 
a lot of people don't speak about these things because it is something that mm-hmm. we poke at the victim versus why would they blame a victim? Well, why would they be sexually active at such a young age? Why mm-hmm. would they be quote unquote hoe or a quote unquote slut? Yeah, or, exactly. you know, the thing is, when in a young man, it's celebrated. Mm-hmm. But in a girl, it's berated. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through a lot of that. Um, being sexually active at such a young age and then being raped just after I lost my virginity, I find it distasteful that as a young girl, I had to face so much shame just in trying to discover myself. I was trying to understand myself. And a lot of times I think people would rather just point a finger or throw mud than find the beauty in somebody that's a young person in Mm -hmm. self-discovery. And while there may be an element of discomfort for you looking at a young girl, say for instance myself, there may have been discomfort for people looking at me and seeing me Um, experimenting or being quote-unquote promiscuous that's their prerogative I'm not shitting on somebody feeling discomfort Mm -hmm. but your discomfort does not warrant your lashing out at me at all and that's what I feel I went through for so many years that made me as a young girl question myself shame myself feel that I was a bad person you know there was nothing under the sun that I couldn't have done in the world at that time but I didn't believe in myself for years because I was thought to think that I was bad or what I was doing was wrong or I was this bad girl like I was a bad person Mm -hmm. and and somehow I was not valid because this is the way that I thought or this is what I was curious about and how dare I Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to talk about this because as a woman now laying a proclamation to my sexuality what I have found has been the foundation for me is coming into a state of self-acceptance. Like, this is who the fuck I am. And I was never bad. There was never yeah, anything wrong bad. with me. There was never anything that, that, that made me evil or malicious or deserving of the insults and the berating. And I feel so compelled to share this truth on this particular episode, not necessarily for this one thing, when we do reach the peak of the segment wherein we're discussing the sexual proclamation, I want people to understand that, listen, whoever you are, whatever you've been through, you have a point in your life where you get to decide who you are and that it's not evil or bad if you are not harming other people. You have been discovering yourself and people that harmed you whether it was through their verbiage in your self-discovery or whether it was through something they did physically. For In my case, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the perpetrators of these crimes, um, which as a kid, since I blamed myself and everybody else in the episodes did too, mm-hmm. I never told anybody mm-hmm. for years. And that's, I commend you for it. It's something that most people don't, they can never get to. And it's because there's a piece that they feel like was taken from them. Yep. And that's understandable. And I think that going back again, to seeing the berating or the attack that we put on victims who mm-hmm. have been part of the tragedy, something that we can all agree on that one of, and it's the craziest part when you watch somebody get belittled mm-hmm. and you watch somebody get made fun of for a situation that they've been through and you're not, and you act like you don't have, and that's for men, I speak for, for men on my, on my end, you act like you don't have a sister or you act like you don't have a mother that 
pretty sure they've hid that from you for a long time or they've mm-hmm. gone through it because there's a time mm-hmm. well that was normal mm-hmm. well, that was that was accepted and even with the r kelly thing you know i don't want to have too much of a conversation on that the man didn't make good music etc but that's why people so many people turned an eye yeah because it was accepted then and we allow things that we allow these things to be accepted we do we do and it's wild to see when we attack a victim or we tell somebody, hey, well, you were doing this and you were doing that. And it's like, no, this person was forced into this situation. This person was then fed false information to have them led down a certain path, yep. especially younger. When we talk about the development of sexuality in general, mm-hmm. m- people don't reach maturity, especially in the frontal lobe where it has to th- talk your about logic centers your logic center. Yeah. You have no rational thinking that's why you have teenagers that rebel. You have people that, because this is a natural flow of progression of men, human right, beings. Right. So to know that you're messing around mm-hmm. and deliberately attacking, because this is an attack on someone who isn't aware and isn't defending themselves. Right. A lot of the times, it comes they don't know how to defend close. themselves because they do feel like they're bad. Mm-hmm. They will, they will acknowledge even if they defend themselves, they will acknowledge everything you say. You're planting seeds. Exactly, and that's the that's the danger in just everything that we're doing now with sexual development, where it's just everything is just being viewed. You can see everything, and as a young man, I agree with what you said. It's crazy how if a young woman has sex very young or has been touched, etc., they get the label as you know. Oh, and if it's a young man who's had sex way before his years, mm-hmm. he's the man. High five. I'm one of those people. I'm one of the kids. I'm one of those kids that reached the sexual level earlier than most of my friends. Mm-hmm. But I, too, was also in a family situation where I was molested mm-hmm. as a young man. And no one speaks about these things. And it wasn't anything wild. And I say that even then. I even say that now where it's a defensive thing where mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to think like, no, I do it. Nothing like that happened, but it is a sense where it has emotionally changed the way I look at people. Yeah, It has emotionally <clears throat> changed the way that I allow people around me, or do I allow people around my younger siblings, whether it be cousins, sisters, brothers, etc. There's just a certain thing that I now I look at where I can see myself when I was once a victim and turn myself into mm-hmm. someone who could protect myself and others. And I think that's very important for people to come out and say those things because what happens is then you become the place of comfort for people who are lost. Right. In response to you as well, talking, and thank you for sharing your reality because that's something that until today, I said we are going to talk very candidly, so we're both doing it. We're mm-hmm. both learning things even about each other we didn't even know. Sure. Even though we've known each other forever, um, we've never had this discussion. But sure. what's... Um, What's interesting is talking about the brain. So what the, the limbic system controls mm-hmm. um, our sexual responses. And in that being the case, when the sexual responses are generated as a result of the limbic activity, um, the, the prefrontal cortex where our logic centers are located actually shuts down. So if as a child, the prefrontal cortex and the forebrain have not fully developed yet and you're being exposed to something that has to do with genitalia, touching, sexuality, you're being exposed to that so the area in the limbic system that responds to that automatically responds. Well, Mm -hmm. if that's responsive before your prefrontal cortex is even fully developed and and generally responsive, then 
what do you think happens? Mm -hmm. The area that's pumped first and stimulated first generates more strength more rapidly Mm -hmm. and so becomes the foundation or the filter, I should say, of all your prefrontal cortex activity, which is your logic. So if that area of the brain is developing... Real quick, the limbic system is a very old prehistoric that that part of the brain is very primal is very instinctual so those those will be mm-hmm. activate that part of your brain will be activated through stimulus versus where your frontal cortex where the part the front part of your brain where your forehead is the strongest part of your your skull to protect that right is where you have decision making yep and that part is not developed and even in science they'll tell you the frontal lobe isn't fully developed until mid-20s yep it takes a long time for you to have rational thinking. And even if you're mature for your age, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. you're, if you're mature for your age, just imagine when you do come to age, mm-hmm. how much sure and more mature you will be in your decision making, your rationality. Yeah. So just know that that is what we're talking about. The front part of your brain is for rational thinking. The back part of your brain, the most primal part of your brain is mm-hmm. instinctual. What we know in this animalistic body that we have today. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you said that. And that's a great way to break it down into layman's terms. Basically, for me, being exposed so young, that center in my brain was developed along with the area of the hypothalamus that generates sexual activity, the medulla oblongata. Medulla oblongata. That generates, that actually stimulates the, the activity in the body through the signals it sends through your central nervous system in the spine. It signals your body how to react, how to have hormones, how to get erections, da, da, da. That all happens as a result of, of the medulla oblongata. And then the part of the limbic system where anger is, which is your panic sensory response system, that's the amygdala. For me, the sexual abuse and the physical abuse, both areas were developed before my prefrontal cortex was actually fully developed. So my logic centers as they were developing, as I was developing into a young woman, my logic centers were actually being stimulated in growth after the activity of my hypothalamus, my medulla oblongata, and my amygdala were all developed. Mm -hmm. So my life... My logic, the way I viewed the world, the way I decided or chose in each given moment was predicated on the filtration that my medulla oblongata and my amygdala and my hypothalamus were putting out there for me. So basically, sex and rage were running my logic centers Mm. as I was developing. And until I came into an awareness of what had been happening to me all these years, I didn't have, as they say, an addiction. You can't change something if you don't acknowledge that it exists. Yeah. But you can't acknowledge that it exists if you don't even know. So you don't know what you don't know. You had two pit bulls on a long <laughs> leash and didn't realize that they were aggressive. You were just like, no, they're just they're just playing. <laughs> they're just playing and everyone else is freaking out. Right. But that awareness of realizing, hey, they aren't trained. Right. You know, and I'm speaking it in, in the sense of metaphor here. But the fact that you weren't trained, but those were the two forerunners for you. Rage and sexuality were the first two things that were guiding the way for you. And they yep. paved the good way for you. They they allowed you to get to certain places, some that weren't the, the greatest. Right, right. But 
once you be, I love how you said that. Once you became aware of what was happening, you were able to retract the leashes. You were yep. able to bring it closer and tell them, hey, sit. And you yep. can sick them when you now you choose to. Yeah. It's because you took power. And I think that's one of the major things in anybody who has ever been victimized, because they're not victims. I don't believe anybody should stay a victim forever. Exactly. They were victimized. Yep. And for anybody that does, just realize you have the ability to tie it back in mm -hmm. and recreate. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to create and destroy. It's kind of hubristic, but we do and we can. So when it comes down to those ideas, especially growing up and knowing and seeing the way that, you know, the environment treats you. You know, mm -hmm. the way that you protect yourself and you defend yourself where information won't leak so that no one can attack you again. No one mm -hmm. can use that against you. I think that's something now, as it starts to take its course, you know, things like religion and mm -hmm. all these other things start to tie in and it starts to create a lot of hate and bashing. Yep, yep. And I think that's where you come into play with this. Now in this age, because, you know, there's many people over time that speak about these things and they come and they go because... I still feel like in mainstream, it isn't something that is talked about. It I agree. Something that it, because it's a, a, not an American mainstream, it's not, exactly. which is the problem. That's And that's what it is. And I think that's the misconception that we have for all of our young men and young women now. The ideologies that they uphold now are so unobtainable because of mm -hmm. the fact that we're living under false pretenses mm -hmm. where we have this idea of what we think it should be. But we already know that mm -hmm. everything that we've been exposed to has twisted that it becomes a twisted fantasy it's yeah. no longer fantasy anymore it becomes a twisted fantasy because the foundation of what we believe is sex or love or mm -hmm. like etc are so misconstrued that so many people now in a world where technology is bringing every, everyone together we feel more alone now, now more than ever yeah because of the expectations that we hold and the the things that tell people have told us that we can't do for so long and now we're proving them wrong well, here's the thing, too, when, as you were saying with the society of um, influence that we live in, America, when a young girl is maimed, that has to do, like, maimed in terms of her reputation and made fun of, that has a lot to do with the influence that America has had on our young women actually develop, having the right to develop sexuality or having the right to be this naturally sexual creatures that we are we're naturally the feminine is naturally seductive it's naturally got a prowess that's the essence of femininity comes with those details in the feast of our femininity that's part of the courses that we're we're partaking of and for some reason when we do that as young women and we're discovering ourselves, especially when we're trying to discover what in the fuck is going on, if we have been raped or molested or, you know, early exposure to pornography, you know, it's like so fucked up that how dare we, it's like, it's like when somebody gives you green beans and chicken and mashed potatoes and they give you a fork to eat it with, they give you all these things and they're like, why the fuck did you just eat the the green beans what's what's wrong with you like what the fuck's wrong with you yeah. like you fucking idiot like that's the way that we look at feminine development and and we say well, how dare you how dare you and especially when you have been exposed sooner all the more reason that you should be exploring and being allowed to educate yourself whether it's through activity or through society actually 
having the gall to help you educate yourself on the ideas that you are a very naturally beautiful being and you do eat and you do have sex and these are very natural parts of you. But how about we take a look at that sexuality and where you feel true peace and joy and power in that. Let's help you discover that. And instead of maiming a girl for the self-discovery that she has, like I I was very much uh, sexual. My daughter calls me... um sex positive because it was very much of the mindset that that is a natural part of your life my daughters and my son and your sexuality like I would never shame them for masturbation not that I like ever caught anybody doing that but like I would never do that and so many parents are like how dare you oh my god it's like well hey guess what I'm allowed to do that shit if I'm not doing it at the fucking kitchen table, you shouldn't be worried about it. It's normal shit. I eat at the kitchen table. I don't eat in my bed. I mean, so to speak, of course. But same thing with, you know, masturbation. And so for us to be shaming our children that how dare you touch yourself or how dare you how dare you look at yourself as sexy or beautiful. I looked at my daughters and said, you're beautiful. You're a beautiful, feminine, you know, robust, beautiful creature that – Yes, you're going to have these feelings of lust. Let's look at ourselves through the eyes of, of our self-empowerment and what makes us feel that power. And and I was very sexually open with them in terms of what sex is and what it means for each person is a very personal thing. And, and if somebody wants to be with one partner or multiple partners, you know, just all these conversations in my household about these things. And all it came down to at all times, and I had a social worker tell me this once, what it comes down to is just reminding them in every conversation that it's very important that we're feeling safe and we're making other people feel safe. Mm-hmm. In the instances that we explore this, mm-hmm. in the instances that we explore for ourselves or are being, you know, even educating ourselves, if somebody's educating you but they're doing it in such a way that is unsafe, in other words, somebody's predatory, then that's an occasion that's not it's not right that's mm-hmm. not that's not fair it's not right and so on and so forth um and i think that's a very 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 good word to use when it's predatory mm-hmm. and I, I believe the word predator is a good idea as well a good name for it as well is because as young men as a young man mm-hmm. i talk to all young men when i say this we are in a sense when we look at these and i'm i'm a part of it you know we see women and like you said you have women that are very robust you have women that are thin they're skinny etc and it's hard for, especially nowadays, since the first interaction that a man, especially nowadays, men give is based off of looks. Mm-hmm. Robust. Are they are they moving like this? Are they sexy? Are they posting these pictures? Is there enough skin in this, etc.? We start to feed that idea mm-hmm. of the sexual being, where a lot of women, in general, they start they start to feel down about themselves. Right. They don't feel comfortable in their own skin because they don't believe that's what men want. And as a young man already, I'll let you know, all women are beautiful. I love all women when it comes to We know you do. (laughs) But it's really, it's funny that we talk about it like that, but it's very true though. It comes down to really understanding because it's not only about a sexual thing when it comes to loving someone. And I think when it comes to it as well, young men, we need to stop idolizing you know, women who feel like they have to do something just to be accepted. When you say yeah. though, when you say yes, I like when you do that because you got a thousand likes on this picture. You're now further pushing that agenda. Yep. You're now telling these young women this is what we like. Mm-hmm. But 
a lot of y'all and myself as well, when you actually do settle down with a woman and you do have that one girl that you got off the Instagram or you do got that whatever case may be, Mm -hmm. you start to start feeling self-conscious when she's still doing it with you. Because now you think it's the sinking of attention. Oh, and I'm going to go to your thing. You're always talking about the memes. So I'm going to do a a Mm -hmm. geo meme plug right now. There is a meme that I've seen several times that I like. It says, um, don't date her for her tits and ass because that's not what's going to raise your daughters. Facts. I was like, yes, I love that one or raise your children. But so, so that being the case, you know, I really, I really feel like we are arousing hopefully a lot of conversations in households, whether you're a couple, whether you're a single person and you're developing as a young person or you're an older person and you're still struggling with self-acceptance in lieu of having been victimized in some way and I want really so much for people to understand that this episode is not about sex per se. It's about self-proclamation, which brings me to the the main point. Whether you are Christian or Muslim or American or European, your sexuality, your view on sexuality has been influenced by these things. Mm -hmm. You are still... Whether you are part of it, a collective or not, you are still an individual. And whether you've been victimized or not, you still have a rite of passage in your life to claim, hey, this is me. I'm me. And to create from that point mm. forward that, hey, these things have happened. This is where I'm at with these things. You go beyond reflection into actually mm-hmm. realizing yourself. And when you realize yourself that proclamation of self is such a liberation and that's where the victimhood gets you know it's it's like a coat that kept you warm Mm -hmm. you had to wear that coat you defended with it this and that against the cold at some point you gotta put that cloak down because seasons change honey and you're in a new stage of life and you have the right and the authority to take all this shit these people did to victimize you or if you weren't victimized all these shit that you were taught by society or you know um tradition or religion or whatever the case was Mm -hmm. that that maimed you towards yourself about your sexuality and rather than feeling shame about it think about how you can be safe with yourself and with others for others and like in their safety in a respectful fashion where it's like listen you know if you're not i told my kids if you're not gonna get married to somebody you know that doesn't make you a bad person because you feel you want to have sex with them. But be safe. Be mm-hmm. safe for yourself. Be safe for that person. Emotionally, spiritually safe in the sense that you're having open, honest, clear, grounded, uncontrived discussions yeah. that that drive each of you to a more amplified sense of self. That's where the power in co-creation, not procreation mm-hmm. of sexual acts lies communication is key communication is key in every aspect that we're talking about now and for anybody out there who has ever felt victimized or or have been a victim to anything that we might not even have talked about just know that you are who you are not what has been done to you yeah that's one thing that when you when you start to get out of that victimized mindset you start to realize that you aren't your past events you are who you've created yourself to be through cause and effect through the things you've allowed and the things you haven't allowed from that day forward, etc. So when I say these things, it's just to remind us every day, young men, 
you know, take a little bit more time to look at yourself, to see what you really want, what you really need, and not go out there with, yes, we do have that part of our brain that tells us that we want this, we want that, and we want to be sexually active, but we do have the frontal lobe as well that gives us rational decision-making, understanding consequences, and understand, hey, you know, maybe the way I talk to this person, I don't know what they've been through. Maybe the maybe my cat calling, I don't know what they've been through, yeah. especially for men. Cat calling is one of the biggest things, and it could be a trigger, and you don't even realize it. If you've ever even seen it, some people make jokes about it, and there's on movies where somebody's like, hey, girl, how you doing? And she turns around, she snaps, like, listen, you fucking pig. And it's like, whoa, lady, you're fucking crazy. No, there was a series of events that have happened for her to lead up to that triggering point where when you thought a simple whistle was nothing. Right, exactly. It was everything for that person because that could have brought them back. And you are you are to blame for that. Well, you're we you're to blame for your own impact, impact on yes. someone and, and they are to be responsible for their own outcomes. Exactly. I mean, it's we're each responsible for our own outcomes and our respective impacts on others. We're not we're not responsible for the outcomes but in their lives. But there is the straw that does break the agreed, camel's back. Agreed, agreed, 100%. No. For you young women out there, be be more, love, it's harder to say, especially coming from a man, Nita will say it a lot better for me, but <laughs> the love that you have for yourself is literally the sexiest, if not the most beautiful thing that a woman can have. And it's the truth. It's, oh my God, it's, it's so ridiculous. true. It's ridiculous. And again, if you've ever been victimized, you are not that anymore. Right. And Whatever that's where... Whatever has happened, it's over. And that's where I, I had to come to a head with things in realizing that I don't have to be monogamous in order to be a quote-unquote good girl. I am committed to somebody in any given situation in so much as we've communicated and agreed for me to be committed to. And if I haven't committed that, then it's it's not my it's not a bad thing for me mm-hmm. that I choose never to commit to that with mm-hmm. any one person, two people. I always say, shoot, I'll get married again when I can marry three different men in three different continents, <laughs> take them all in small doses yep. and come and go as I please. Hey. And yes, Everybody asks me, can they do what they want? Yes, yes. of course. As long as they're good when they're with me, I'm chilling. <laughs> and again, but... <laughs> remember, uh, for some reason, monogamy and polygamy, whenever we get to talk about those kind of things in any conversation that I've ever had, people just have the wrong association well, with polygamy. Well, not only that, not only that, but not even that. It's There's also polyandry, which mm-hmm. is actually polyandry. If you guys study Frederick Engels, Dr. Frederick Engels, was a great, great philosopher, also an anthropologist, and he theorized and and did research to prove that prior to the development of Western civilization and what has become today to be known as the nuclear family, there was actually more matriarchal societies wherein the, the women and the men co-led the tribes or the villages and it was matriarchal in the sense that like women went out and bedded whoever the fuck they wanted in whatever village they wanted if they came back with child it was like they were revered as queens and they were cared for and that's where the phrase it takes a village to raise a baby came from so it's interesting to me that's that's like a whole another episode but it's interesting to me that 
we're taking the influence of religion or society um, that we come up in and, and letting that indoctrinate us with who we are sexually and who we are as people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to route this back to my girl, Jen Lieberman, who actually just came out with a book called The Year of the Slut, which I'm reading right now, fucking dope-ass book. Mm-hmm. And it's about a girl who's like super demure. And my daughters, by the way, in lieu of how I raise them, are also very demure, but very um, in in themselves very claimed self-claimed um as young women in in their femininity as this girl in the book becomes and she has this year where she's basically like you know having a lot of sex and so it's called year of the slut because she's discovering herself and she's understanding that she has a right to choose who and how she wants to be and whatever that choice is doesn't make her a bad person so i love that that she's got something like that coming out for young women, for women my age even, to look and say, hey, there's nothing wrong with this normal fucking feeling that I have wanting to be a sexual being. Because I'm a sexual being. Jesus. You know? Nonetheless, the point of the book and the point that Jennifer is making, Jen Lieberman, the author, is that we do have a right to get out and do whatever we want and not be considered slutty. Like, it's a bad thing. So why use the word? So the point of the book is to say she has the right and the authority in her life to make that proclamation, which is what we all have the right to do. And if she makes that proclamation, no one has the right to berate her for that. And it's only using that phrase to be representative of the activity level that she explores and takes part in that whole year. And that's why it's called that. But I will say this, when we have that point of self-discovery, it comes as a result of self-awareness. Self-awareness comes as a result of self-declaration, and that shows us that all things are neither truth nor untruths to resent, but rather each individual has a collective path of the foregoing points that lead us to our rite of passage to begin with. Mm. Self-discovery, self-discovery. There's nothing wrong with it. It's going to lead to self-awareness. It's going to lead to self-declaration, which is self-proclamation. It's so important for us to be okay with self-proclamation. It's the point in life at which you arrive to rise to your life's truthful and ultimate occasion. We don't arrive there as a result of resenting everything that's happened to us at any given point. We arrive there by understanding and accepting and celebrating those things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I'm celebrating that I was raped and that I was molested. I'm celebrating the fact that I have survived these traumatic, horrible, ugly things and ugly people and fuck them for being what they were. I'm here now and I'm proclaiming that they are shit under my feet and I am the woman I am today and I think that there is fertilizer under my feet that has helped me build this foundation. Couldn't have said it better myself. So the call to action this week is to improve our perspective through self-acceptance and the path to self-acceptance comes through building a path with tools that help you generate self-acceptance. You can use podcasts, you can use books, you can have mentors. All those things help you in the discovery of self, in the acceptance of self, and how you choose to build and proclaim yourself from those points. Be educated. Train your mind. I'm not telling everybody to go be a fucking bookworm. I'm not telling everybody to listen to podcasts all damn day. I'm even telling you to listen to my podcast. I'm just saying... Find things that really resonate with who you are building yourself to be because if you're doing things every day that have nothing to do with what you're building yourself to become, 
why the fuck are you doing them? And then complaining about how shitty life is. I mean, fucking seriously. Like, wh- where's the dumb, dumb, dumb shit in that that people don't see of themselves? Doing one thing and expecting another. That makes no sense. Seriously. So, you know, of course, I always talk about breathing exercises and the importance of that. Um, the importance of meditation, if that's something that you vibe with or not. But all those things, they bring you a sense of self, deliverance. Mm-hmm. Because there are truths and all those things that you can find a relationship to. And however that relationship to those things and yourself, it ties in. Let it be one that brings you joy, peace, empowerment, and the need to empower others through being yourself very empowered. And trying new things. Trying new things and knowing that it's just bringing you one step closer to that person that you know you're meant to be. And if you don't know you're meant to be that yet, take some of the steps that need to say because you will find it. And it will be there for you. So just trust in the process. Trust in the people that you, you're around. And if you can't trust in those people, change the people that you're around. Yep. Because that yep. will help you get to that higher self of you reclaiming back who you are and what you're going to be in the future. Agreed. Remember, remember, remember to be phenomenal because you are worth the fucking work. I love you guys. Thank you, Gio. Thank you, Gio. <laughs> All right, that's it, guys. Uh, Remember, we're going to be taking a week off, so catch up on all your episodes. And uh, the first episode of season number two is going to be coming out in three weeks because we are going visual, and we love you guys.